0: Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers, to string trimmers and more, right now save $30 on the American-made steel FS56 RCE trimmer. Real Steel. The FS-56 RCE is made in America of U.S. and global materials. Offer valid through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details.
1: Glad you're with us. Friday edition is here. Outkick 360, second hour. Coming up, Eddie George will join us in studio. Here at 6th and Peabody with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. That's assuming we can get Eddie in studio. Based on the crowd that's here in downtown Nashville for CMA Fest. Uh, last night, Jason Aldean was uh, among the performers um, for the the main show at Nissan Stadium. But you've never been to Nashville for this event. You don't have to be a country music fan to appreciate the the scale of this. Every music venue in town has something going on all day long with artists and set lists and special guests and appearances and interviews. It's nuts. And where Six of the Peabody is located is about a block and a half from the Ryman Auditorium, which is always buzzing. We've got the amphitheater downtown and then the main thing at, uh, at Nissan Stadium, the main show nightly Thursday through Sunday.
0: I always think about this event as the main shows at Nissan Stadium at night over the course of Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday night uh, for this event. But you're right, Hutton, there are things going on all day, every day. For this. There are stages all over the place. There are private events at different venues all over Nashville. So it's a, a really cool uh, time to be in downtown Nashville, and we're seeing that right here at 6th and Peabody.
1: So to, last night, Jason Aldean, Darius Rucker, Keith Urban, Zach Brown Band, and others played the stadium. Uh, tonight, Kelsey Ballerini, Kane Brown, um, Thomas Rhett, Cole Swindell. This weekend – Brothers Osborne, uh, my mom would say Brothers, uh, and Reba also says Brothers Osborne instead of Brothers Osborne. Uh, Luke Bryan, Luke Combs, Randy Houser, Carrie Underwood. I mean, this, the list go on and on, Chad. Closing it out is Old Dominion. I've always been told that of the CMA Fest lineup, you don't want to be the last artist on stage closing out the entire CMA Fest on Sunday night.
0: Yeah, they, um, for a while, they would put, like, uh, when Keith Urban was at his heights, they'd put Keith Urban on Sunday Carrie night. Carrie Underwood, everyone's to keep, done it. Well, to keep people there, right? Like, it was a right. big deal, like, let's give the headliner on Sunday night to see how late we can keep people exactly. on a Sunday night.
1: Yeah, and I, I don't, the, the musicians are getting paid to be on stage. The main artists are actually not getting paid. They're actually paying for their band to be there and perform it's the it's the fan fest environment with you're doing it for the exposure yeah and to give back to the fans sure um but you know ultimately i'm not knocking them at all uh, closing things out i think you you take it but i you you notice a lot of these artists close out the show when it's their turn (laughs) and uh if you're on night one or night two i think you're you're thankful for it as you continue your tour uh, just a fun time in Music City, and if if you're in, if you're coming to Nashville, swing by and say hello at Sixth and Peabody with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine.
0: Speaking of Nashville, it could be even more fun times in Nashville with a restore of uh, with a report from the Baltimore Banner. Bring Hutton, it,
1: bring it. Where the Let's Baltimore
0: go. Orioles, because this has been leaked through a lawsuit with the uh, uh, it, it, Angelos, right?
1: Yes, the Angelos, Angelos
0: family, Peter Angelos's two sons. One son is suing the other son. For control of the team, claims that they both should be sharing control of the team. But Lewis, the, the, the older the older son has taken control.
1: So the old and son, wants to move the team to Nashville. The oldest son is named John. He and his wife live here in Nashville. Um, the younger son, I don't know if it's Louis or Lewis. I'm going to think it's Lewis. Um, <laughs> I prefer uh, Louis, but we'll yeah, go with yours, L- sure. Lewis. Lewis um, sounds good too. Uh, he is suing his brother and his mom, Georgia, over control of the team. And so there's this back and forth going on. And the report is that, this is through the Baltimore banner that I'm reading, is that the Orioles could be headed to Tennessee. Now this is, we've also heard this about the Oakland A's, the Tampa Bay Rays. I mean, this is nothing new to link a team, a major league team with Nashville. Um, Chad, I want to think maybe five or six years ago, the Orioles were mentioned for this. But again, in passing, almost like, uh, maybe the Orioles would be interested because ownership lives here. But beyond that, it wasn't discussed very much. This seems to have more of a legal amplification to it that now those in Baltimore are linking Nashville to it. There's nothing
0: sacred anymore in sports, okay? And what I mean by that is, we've got a Saudi-backed live tour just, just offering up as much money as possible to get guys to go play in their league and abandon the PGA Tour. And the PGA Tour is saying, good riddance. We don't want you. You're banned. You're not coming back. So everything that we think about sports over the generations isn't necessarily true today. And I say all that to get to this point. If you are a Major League Baseball team owner and you are in a market like Baltimore, which has had a team for many, many years, And the Orioles are a historic franchise. That's not safe. Your city's not safe to keep that team. The Cincinnati Reds are the oldest professional baseball team in America. They started pro baseball in Cincinnati. And guess what their owner is saying when fans complain? Oh, you don't like us selling off and trading off our best players? Well, good luck, because if we sell the team, they're moving. They're moving to a more thriving area and a market that's got more money. And that's growing. And guess where a market is right now that is growing a ton and got a lot of money? It's Nashville. It's going to happen. I don't know when. I don't have all the particulars about how it's going to happen, but Nashville will have a Major League Baseball team, whether it be the Orioles or the A's or the Rays or someone moving or what the Commissioner of Baseball, Rob Manfred, said himself, which is very simple. Hey, we're looking at them as a possible team
1: that could – Completely move here, right? I'm handing this off to Davey on <laughs> camera, sorry. Um, you're, you're right. Um, let, me, let me preface this. I, I, there are legs to this because Nashville's going to make sense for Major League Baseball. Um, John Angelos previously, who, again, he's the son, the oldest son who lives here in, in Nashville, in, in the, the downtown area. He has said, as long as Fort McHenry looks over Baltimore, the Orioles will be there. Now, that's been a direct quote. This was years ago, a handful of years ago. Since then, the lease has not been extended on the stadium. However, uh, Maryland and their legislature, they have committed $1.2 billion to upgrade the stadium in, in, uh, as of late. So they have a lease with Baltimore in Baltimore that runs through the end of next year. That's why this is gaining more traction on top of the family lawsuit that's taking place. So there, there's a little bit of the backstory to it. But I mean, I you know I love the Orioles. I'm all in with this. Oh, it'd Let's be go. great.
0: I mean, the AL down- East team to have the Yankees and the Red Sox in the division. The only downside be is terrific.
1: Uh, if you have your pick right now, you're going. And this is me being honest. You're going with the Rays because the Rays compete. They don't trade away their talent. Um, If Manny Machado's playing for Baltimore, it's not going to be for very long. They're not going to pay him. Um, They're going to make sure they get something for him in return.
0: What if John Angelos said, hey, Baltimore and Orioles fans, I know that statement I made about as long as Fort McHenry looks over Baltimore, the team will be here. But I've got some tough news. I purchased Fort McHenry also. and I'm going to (laughs) blow it up. And I'm going to put a multi-purpose shopping center in place of Fort McHenry, overlooking the bay or whatever they call it there, and I'm moving the team to Nashville. It's really a tough. The Harvard. This is a tough time for uh, for for Baltimore residents that I've both purchased Fort McHenry and will put something else there, and I'm going to move the Orioles to Nashville. Look, I, I like the Orioles in Baltimore. Uh, I've I've walked past Camden Yards. I've never been in, but it's one of my favorite parks to watch on television. It's cool looking into it when I was in Baltimore. It's a Very nice park, and I want to go to a game at some point. But I'll go back to what I said before. If a Saudi-backed, money-driven golf tour can start and start taking some of the biggest names in the sport from America because of money, you better believe American sports teams, regardless of where they are and where they've been and where they have tradition, they're going to move too.
1: As long as the money's right, as long as the business is better somewhere else, there's always that possibility. So their father, uh, Peter Angelos, um, he's been the one that hasn't been spending on the roster. So who knows what happens whenever the full ownership takes place here. However, uh, that's part of the lawsuit is that their father has taken a step back in the day-to-day operations. And the youngest son is mentioning how the eldest has taken more control when the father intended for both of them to be in control. it's, it's bizarre. It's, um, it's a lawsuit, with uh, I'm sure, with a ton of, of gray area here that we're not privy to uh, in the South. But as far as Major League Baseball is concerned, it's coming to Nashville with a current team or an expansion team, I, I think, within the next five to seven years. And it could be sooner rather than later, as long as Vegas decides on what they're going to do. Vegas is going to be the market that every team's going to be fighting over. And as soon as that ends... Um, and I'm sure a lot of the owners already know who, which, which team Vegas is going to get or if it's the expansion team. Uh, as soon as that's over, there's going to be a uh, a second team that joins them. And Nashville's at the top of that list. That's everything you hear. It's it's Nashville, Montreal, and everyone else after that. Yeah, I think it's Vegas.
0: I really think, in order, Vegas, Montreal, Nashville, Charlotte, of the options thrown out there by Rob Manford of who's going to get a team. And I, I think... Vegas is going to get a team, Montreal is going to get a team, and Nashville is definitely going to get a team at some point. Whether it be a team moving, an organization moving, or expansion, it's going to happen. There are times in the studio, by the way, where I want to instruct the younger members of our crew, but I don't want to do it on air. But I feel like I have to do it right now because Davey Hudson, our executive producer, Hutton's getting a call from Eddie George, who's about to be joining us here in about five to 10 minutes and Davey talks to him, but then Davey hands him the phone back and walks outside, and I almost stopped the show, Hutton, just no, to he's say – No, he's got my phone. He's got my phone. No, no, no. He handed the phone on the trash can, and I said, you're going to want to take that outside, because Eddie was calling you to get in, and he eventually came back in, Hutton. I could have saved him the time. He walked out for two minutes, came back in two minutes later, and I'm like, Davey, I could have saved you a lot of time and trouble if you just would have held on to that phone until you secured – the Adonis himself, Eddie George. He has secured him, though, Hutton.
1: Eddie's here. He has secured Ed, him. Eddie's always on time, man. Uh, he He's awesome when it comes to the the business aspect of everything uh, in town and beyond. Speaking of Major League Baseball, he's involved in the Nashville Stars uh, that's wanting to bring the expansion team here. So we can ask him about this, or at least I still think he is. Um, he was as of uh, last year. And we'll, we'll talk about that with uh, Eddie. We will also get into... Derek Henry, and the Tennessee Titans. We will discuss what he's got going on and the success he had in year number one with Tennessee State as the head coach of the Tigers. And he's got a great golf tournament with a who's who list of NFL stars that you can participate in. That's all coming up. Eddie George in studio on OutKick360.
2: What's up, everyone? It's Nick Wright, and I got something exciting to talk to you about today. Angie.
1: Outkick 360 rolls on from 6th and Peabody in Nashville. Wherever you're listening or viewing us across the Outkick network, happy Friday to you. We're going to get you to the weekend. With Chad Withrow, I'm Jonathan Hutton. Plenty to get to coming up in the third hour of today's show. We'll hit some SEC topics, including what's happening on the hill down in Knoxville. But what is happening right here in Nashville, the TSU Tigers have a ton of momentum thanks to our next guest, the head coach. Of the TSU Tigers, mm-hmm. NFL legend, Titans great Eddie George in studio with us. You forgot Ed- Buckeyes legend also. B- Buckeyes, le- I mean two Buckeyes <laughs> legends <laughs> Look, on the show today with Bobby it, Carpenter. It's not difficult to just wing it when introducing Eddie George on on a stage, on the radio, on TV, whatever it might be. Eddie, good to see you, man.
3: Man, good to see you guys. I mean, this is awesome here. This, this nice little digs here. <laughs> You got this, the moonshine. You got the bourbon. A little bit you got, better. This is, this is your standard. Yeah, I, uh, yeah. Well, maybe
1: not. It's close. It's close. I'm closer to Eddie's it. standard by being in the studio, well, well, right? Well,
3: congratulations to you both, man. This is, it's, it's great to see you guys doing so well. Uh, another step, you know, in, the, in yeah, terms man. of your careers. And it's been phenomenal to see this uh, come to fruition for you guys.
1: Uh, congrats on everything you've accomplished through the first calendar year of <laughs> being a head coach. I remember yeah. when you told me. That you were taking this job mm-hmm. um, and the challenges that were laid out there at the time, and I think I remember even at the time you're like, "Hut, like uh, this is going to be quite the undertaking." Yeah. Um, yep. more than twelve months ago, I believe. Now, yep. as as you look back and you look forward to what mm-hmm. you're now going into the twenty twenty season, and then you've got mm-hmm. the spring season done, the fall season complete. What's it like just to be able to catch your breath, if that's even possible, and <laughs> Continue with the plan yeah. that you thought that you could build.
3: Well, I did have a chance to catch my breath. I went okay. down to Cabo for about eight days, took two pairs of shorts, my golf clubs, <laughs> uh, a book, and that was it. And I didn't even go out and play golf. I just what was your book? In. What book? Um, actually, it's, uh, it was a book uh, called The Wealthy Gardener. Um, it's, it's lessons to a son in terms of prosperity. I'm um, also listening to John Wooden's book. Uh, the pyramid. I mean, it's a classic, Um, you know, this position has been all about leadership for me. Um, How can I be a better leader, a better listener, a better servant? Um, That's what I've, I've, I've really have embraced that role. Like in terms of a head coach is not just a title. It is truly a calling and you're serving others. Um, I'm serving the young men and women um, that touch football, my student athletes, and it's uh, I've 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 grown so much through this process. And um, when I look back on the calendar year, you know we've accomplished a lot of great things from an infrastructure standpoint: new weight room, turf, um, working on uh, a deal where we're we're going to either, either renovate Hale or be a part of the Titans renovation. Uh, to some degree, uh, that's going that footprint's gonna look different, vastly different. Um, the thing I'm most proud of is our kids. Um, I see a a big difference in the way that they operate, how they move, their expectations. Um, you know, coming in, I, I said a destination. I said, uh, we came in and gave you hope, and our destination is taking you from a place of hope to a place of certitude. You know, that certitude of, of, of without a shadow of a doubt that you're prepared you're confident, you're in great condition, you're, um, you're together, you're a unit, and, and we're, we're getting to that place. And it's great to see them take strides toward that. Um, and I'm really proud by the effort of, of not just our kids but our coaching staff, everybody that's, that's touched um, um, our program so far, and I'm really excited to see what we do this season.
0: And it's funny, when you introduce Eddie George, it's almost like you're introducing a character from Game of Thrones with all the titles. <laughs> you have to go down the list. and He's probably been in an episode of Game of Thrones. <laughs> yeah, probably. You know, the da- 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 Daenerys Targaryen, and I don't know who's a longer hey, you, you intro. Know, you know, or Eddie George. You know
3: what's funny? I used one of the... Um the Game of Thrones themes uh, for, for winter. I said winter is coming. Love it. Yeah, you know, Love it. We're bit, we're big yeah, Game of Thrones yeah, fan, so yes, we, we yes, can we can recognize yes. that. The red wedding
1: is well, coming. Well, it, and speaking
0: <laughs> of recognition, Eddie, you know, players recognize players in, in football. Mm-hmm. And uh, every coach that we've talked to that had a great playing career, we'll talk to them about do you, do you go back to that playing career when instructing your players and does it resonate with players? The temptation for me if I won a Heisman Trophy would be to march the Heisman Trophy out there and display nah. it for my players nah. every time I had a disagreement with them mm-hmm. and talk to them about my playing days. How often do you talk about your playing days with your players at
3: TSU?
0: Does it resonate with them when you do talk about your playing days?
3: Um, I don't know if it resonates with them. Um, I, I think it does to some degree, but that's all I have. I have my experiences. Um, and I I try to relate to them. Say, I've been in your seat. I've I've sat actually sat in that seat, falling asleep <laughs> at some <laughs> point in time, and not taking notes and not taking things serious until my back was against the wall. Until I fumbled twice against Illinois, uh, and I had to fight my way out of a, a talented running back group room, room back then. I mean, we're all like four guys or five guys all would play in the NFL at some point. So it was. You know, don't get hurt and don't make a mistake. And uh, I'm trying to tap into what they really want out of this Um, in in terms of, yes, going to the next level of accomplishing goals. But more importantly, um, who you're going to be 40 years from now. Um, You know, I was telling you guys, uh, I was reading this book, The Wealthy Gardener, and it speaks of uh, planting seeds and sometimes your coaching is that, you, you're planting seeds that you're going to see come to fruition years from now. Yes, you, you want to win games, you want to win championships and, and win a lot of accolades on the front end, but you won't have a chance to see these the seeds take f- full, full maturity until 10, 15, 20 years, 30 years down the line when, you know, I'm going to be up in age at that time. So it, um, it's, it's been remarkable in that, in, that, in that sense.
1: Eddie George with us. EddieGeorge.golf is a website I'm, I'm, I'm going to mention because of the Celebrity Golf Tournament that Eddie has coming up and how no matter where you're viewing the show, listening, uh, no matter what state, it's worth checking this out because of the guest list that you can be a part of mm-hmm. and uh, the great charitable efforts that Eddie does through the Celebrity Golf Tournament. Right here in Nashville, each and every year, Eddie George Golf. The, the guest list itself sells the event. Uh, aside from Eddie and and one on one access, where you can come up before the the pre party, the post party, the guy knows how to throw an event over a weekend. Always
0: first class. Sunday, <laughs>
1: July thirty first, and Monday, August the first. Mm-hmm. Eddie George Golf. Marcus Allen, Eric Dickerson, Bruce Smith, Ray Lewis. Uh, I'm going to. I can't go through the entire list, Eddie, but these guys, uh, what do you do? Just send a text and they're in because (laughs) every, every year this list grows. And, um, and it's for any of your events, not just the golf tournament, Mm -hmm. which I know you're trying to make
3: sure becomes an annual
1: staple Mm -hmm. for your Charitable
3: efforts. Yes. Um, yeah. Well, how I get the guys is I go to their golf tournaments. Exactly. And they come to mind, you know. Uh, but it's it, it really is um, a fraternity of, of men, not just in football, but also basketball, all, all sports. Uh, I saw Jeremy Rodick at, um, at Marcus Allen's deal. So, naturally, I'm like, hey, you know, it, you like country music? <laughs> Have you been in yeah. Nashville? Spend a lot of time in Nashville? Like, oh, my gosh. You know, Nashville is, is awesome. Of course. So Nashville sells itself and then, you know, we try to continue to uh put our stamp of excellence on everything that we do, first class, uh, not cutting any corners. I really want this to be a wonderful experience for uh our celebrities and also the people that are supporting our foundation. So um yes, that list has grown. I I will say this, uh, I there is a gentleman that may be attending. Um He's, he's nicknamed after a month. And, um, you know, he played up north in pinstripes, I think. Kind of I've, I've, got it it I've, I've got it now. I've got it. I've zeroed yeah. in on the, on this guest. So, you know, for those baseball fans that are out there, that are old school. Um, he's pumped up about, about joining um, as well as another uh, Yankee. Uh, I already gave it away. <laughs> 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 but, uh, you know, to say all that, I, I I I I've built these relationships, and um, it's been great for guys to come in, enjoy themselves, and also help you know raise money for our foundation, the T and E uh, Legacy Fund.
1: I'm gonna go rapid fire with you on on some topics here, if we can. Uh, you're, mm-hmm. you're still an investor in the Nashville Stars mm-hmm. uh, efforts. That's the the expansion ownership group that's trying to bring a team, a Major League Baseball team, to Music City. Chad and I were discussing how there's a story out today that uh, this. I, I think it's more leverage than anything, but who knows? A Leverage matters. The Orioles could be on the move along with the A's or the Rays. Um,
3: the Orioles?
1: The Orioles. That's, the, that's yes, the latest one. The Orioles. Uh, and that's based on um, a family lawsuit, but also their lease is up at the end of next year with Camden Yards wow. and Baltimore. Um, I, I want to bring up the Nashville Stars, though, because we, we talk a lot about... Uh, the location of the stadium are there ways that the national stars can partner with Tennessee state university and the rising tide lifts the, the, the all the mm-hmm. ships involved here. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah. I think there are some, some ways that can happen. Um, I think some ways are being explored, uh, as we speak. Um, there is definitely a win-win within that scenario. Um, there is a ton of land over by Tennessee state. Um, to be exact, uh, I guess over nine hundred acres, okay. or so, um, and it's been talked about. I know initially there was uh, some some opportunities. We're looking at some opportunities on the on the riverfront, um, not at Titan site, but somewhere around that location. Um, look at other locations, but when you really look at the history and the stars itself, it 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 celebrates the Negro League. The Negro Baseball League as well, um, it, North Nashville, Tennessee State kind of fits that footprint. And given where the, the our president, president, Dr. Glover, where, where her vision is, she's very excited and she has embraced that idea. So I think, you know, just being, I haven't been in, on a ton of meetings. Right, right. There's not- there, there, there some hurdles to clear with with and all of that in terms of. The rights expansion, um, uh, you know, a majority owner, and all of that—the uh, land, the location—all um, those pieces and parts have to come together. For it to, I think it's going to be a longer-term play, but one that I know that this group is very resilient and, um, and very creative, and they're knowledgeable and seasoned in this in this area. So I think um, they can get it done.
1: I only bring it up because of the story in, in Baltimore. And right before you walked in, I mentioned how you were involved in the, the expansion and the, the minority ownership group here in town. Uh, Derrick Henry, coming off the injury, comes back to play mm-hmm. in the postseason in the one and done that the Titans had uh, against uh, Cincinnati earlier this year, back in January. As you look forward to... 2022 and what he means to this offense mm-hmm. are we I say we is the, the general football public writing him off too soon. And when I say this, I think automatically people are now starting to put Jonathan Taylor ahead of him, Nick Chubb ahead of him. I'm I'm not one of those people, by right. the way. But based on what you expect. And knowing him the way you know him, what, what are you expecting from Henry right out of the shoot? based on the way this offense is structured?
3: Oh, man, I expect him to pick up right where he left off. I mean, he was on a historic run. He had 900 yards or almost 1,000 yards in eight games. It took the rest of the running backs the entire season just to surpass him, I think, in week 13 14 or something like that, because he was leading the league up until that point. Um, You have to understand this about Derrick Henry. One, he's an ultimate competitor. He invests in his body, in his training. Uh, The injury that he sustained um, is not a career-ending situation. Two, he has a lot of tread on his tires. Okay, We're just now seeing his real body of work. Got in. Early in his career, split time, took over the helm, thousand yard, fifteen hundred yard season, two thousand yard season, and then was going to have back to back two thousand yard, a two thousand yard season was going to obliterate Eric Dickerson's record. Okay, he was on pace to do that, and I expect him to pick up right where he left off. Now those games off allows him to recover. You know, believe it or not. And I think his production is going to be uh, right there. So I would be um, cautious to just give him the load, um, especially early in the season. I think the, the 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 great pick in the draft for the Titans. I can't think of the kids. Haskins. Haskins. I mean, I like. I really like him. He is. He is going to be the future. You know when, if and when Derek is is done here or whenever he decides to retire, I think Haskins is going to be uh, 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 a key cog moving forward in his office because he can do so much. So I say all that to say, I would not load Derek up and just you know feed him thirty and thirty out. Let him get back. Let him get his sea legs underneath him and and um, split some time with him. Uh, early, especially early in the season, and as we get into the later months and, you know, you're shaping up for the playoffs, then start to give him more of a of the load. So that's kind of how we look at it. I don't think Derek um, should be written off at all, and it, it upsets me because, you know, here's a guy that people wrote off early in his career, say, oh, he can't do it, he's a Heisman, but whatever, whatever, you know, and breaks out with the breakout season in 2,000 yards and still didn't get the love that I think he deserved nationally. You know, I think there were still more out there. But I think, you know, Derek is, is primed to have another breakout season.
1: Eddie George with us. He's mentioning, Chad, uh, that recognition. Jonathan Taylor was starting to get that last year for the production he was putting up at the running back spot. Henry wasn't getting that same love the year prior, for instance.
0: Yeah, and I look, I, we can talk about you know, different franchises and markets and who gets more attention and, and who doesn't all day. And I could ask you the standard you know, sports radio question about comparing yourself to Derrick Henry, but I'm not going to do that. <laughs> but here's what I want to ask you, Eddie, because you mentioned tread on tires, yep. right? You were a running back that was a workhorse, and you had a lot of tread on your tires, and eventually that, that catches up to you. As as a workhorse running back with a lot of tread on your tires at, at, over the course of your career, what were the subtle little signs that maybe things physically were starting to go downhill mm-hmm. a bit from that perspective? And again, not yeah. asking you to say, well, this is what Derrick Henry needs to
3: watch out for, yeah. just from your own personal perspective with that. Well, I'll just say the game isn't as physical as it used to be. Um, I think uh, – there's more technology in terms of how you can recover um, than it was before, so you're able to have a longer career. Uh, you know, Frank Gore, for my God, he played forever. Okay, um, and, and now I, he's boxing, and now he's <laughs> come on. Okay, yeah. <laughs> you know that's a whole other deal. But yeah. um, <laughs> but in terms of Derek, uh, and and you know, kind of what I what I felt it was, I I couldn't bounce back faster like i like like i was in my earlier my career in terms of um, the recovery was the recovery slower. was a lot slower uh, where like on the tuesday i was ready to go you know early in my career like 96 97 98 through the two early 2000s i was like ready to go on that tuesday wednesday now later in my career was like ooh you know thursday rolls around i'm like oh my god i could barely move Friday rolls around, you're like, oh, I, I may not be <laughs> able questionable. To <laughs> yeah, then Saturday <laughs> rolls around, you're like, okay, I feel a little bit better. I'm back to feeling normal again, and then I got some bounce. I got some pop in my step. You know, I feel good. I feel loose. Uh, you know, there's no kinks. There's no hitches in my, in my gait. I'm ready to go. So those are the things that you kind of look for, you know, as time goes on, the recovery time just – lingers out because you age and is just wearing tear. I mean, I just got over shoulder surgery and I'm 20 years out the game. And that's because of a bone spur that severed my, my, uh, my bicep tendon. So those things happen.
1: Eddie George, our guest uh, in studio. Um, the, the the craziness in Cleveland with Deshaun Watson yeah. and, and it, his, his cake and the guaranteed money that the Browns give him, they trade away three future first round picks and load up and they go all in with Watson, the uncertainty there, your thoughts, you and I have not chatted about this, your, your thoughts on what you think is coming down from the NFL when this investigation, if it ever concludes, yeah. and the investment made by the Browns and now the the marker here for what's going to happen in the future with contracts.
3: Uh, well, initially, you know, with Deshaun, it, as an organization, I don't know. I'm not privy to all the information, and I haven't really been up on it like you guys have, but just from a 60,000-foot perspective, uh, I think Cleveland should have done – really done their due diligence in this situation. It seems like some other stuff may have come up that – Recently there has been, but there were
1: other teams that – as soon as – just to to go back in time, as soon as the grand juries did not move forward with an indictment criminally – the teams came calling to make the trade. Cleveland gave them the guaranteed money, right. and that was the
3: difference. Right, and here's the thing: you know, Cleveland has been known to make a ton of <laughs> mistakes in that regard. I mean, in terms of draft choices. I mean, I thought they got it right with Baker and Chubb and um, and Hunt and building up the offensive line and and building out that defense. But they seem to have taken a step back and saying, "Hey, you know, we're pumping the brakes on Baker for whatever reasons." Uh, and, you know, it's an organization that's notorious for trying to find their identity and have uh, sustainability in the NFL. So um, from that perspective, you know, I'm not, I'm not surprised, but um, as far as Deshaun goes and his ability to continue to play the game at a high level, I think he can do that. It's a matter of now can he put all of that stuff behind him and not be distracted, because that's, that's a heavy load. I mean, that is a, a big deal in terms of um, your mentality and how you approach work and you, who you are. I mean, all that stuff is in question, and it's got to be weighing on him from an emotional and spiritual standpoint.
1: I, I'm very curious about the, the next question from a business perspective of college football. Mm-hmm. I, 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 for one, don't like and I've been very vocal on the show in the past, and I'll say it to you because you're the head coach yep. at TSU. I don't like the Power Five schools playing the, the uh, FCS opponents, I personally. Now, I understand from TSU's perspective, or anyone, why you, why you do it. Mm-hmm. What does Notre Dame and that game mean for your program that you've scheduled with Marcus Friedman and the Irish? From our perspective? Yes.
3: ah, oh, it's
1: great for our program. Um, what does it mean monetarily? Like just monetarily, for, for what you need,
3: for what we need, it's it's a you know it's, it's a it's a hefty payday for us. It's a it's a, it helps our footprint. It helps our facilities. It helps um, gives us it gives us a shot in the arm in terms of our recruiting uh, infrastructure, um, uh, adding new adding staff. Uh, you know all the things that we want to be want to be like Notre Dame or at Ohio State, it gives us a, a shot in the arm. It's not the end-all, be-all, but it gives us, from a monetary standpoint, um, a, a, a push forward. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, on the competitive side, I'm going to play anybody anywhere. Oh, I know you. I know that. So, it's not uh, – listen, you know, this is not a hat-in-hand type of situation. Like, uh, we're thankful and grateful, oh, and by the way, we want to lay down for you. No, nah, we're going to go up there, take your money, and try to punch you in the mouth and win the game. You know that's that's how we're going. That's how we're built, and that's that's our mentality. I don't care if, give a damn who you are, FCS, FBS. It doesn't matter. We line up. We're going to play, and if we lose, yeah, we're going to learn from it and grow. So that's that's my mentality. But um, you know, I get I get your point, Hut. In terms of you don't want to see it because you know the outcome. It what's the real benefit? I look at but, it from the but, other sideline. Well, the other sideline is this. Sometimes. Um, the the upper echelon schools they don't have. Uh, it's a scheduling deal, you know. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you don't have an opponent that's that you want to play. And you have to think about who you're going to play. Do you want to play Navy, you know, and play an offense that that's Army uh, or Army? Uh, or, or uh, army yeah, yeah. Right. Or, you know, one of those offenses where where it's my answer a, that is point? no, no, you don't, <laughs> never. I mean, so you gotta you gotta. It's, it's a scheduling deal that they adv- that goes out years and years in advance. So I, I get it. I think the landscape of college football is going to continue to change. I think you're going to see here in the future where the Power Five takes their ball and create their own rules and do their own thing. And that's why we're seeing the NIL stuff and separate themselves from the the governing body of the NCAA. It's is leading is leading toward that. You know. So um, it's 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 uh, it's interesting times in college football for sure.
1: How much fun are you having doing this? Uh-huh.
3: I'm exhausted as all hell. I had to fly to Miami yesterday, um, uneventful. T- I had to fly in the Vero Beach, drive down two hours, but it was a wonderful time to see um, the alumni of Tennessee State. I, I enjoy it. I, when I wake up in the morning now, it's not like, oh, I'm dreading going to work or I'm dreading. I, I have a chance to do everything that I've been doing the last 15 years. I can act as a head coach, I can, you know, deliver one of my soliloquies from Shakespeare to inspire the boys so, or entertain them in that regard. Um, I can wear the business hat in terms of, you know, raising money to um, brokering deals for our players. Uh, we, I tell you a cool thing that we've done, you know, you talk about the NIL space. I don't know what your thoughts are about that, but I think it's a wonderful opportunity. I love it. To teach our kids about, hey, you know, Here's here you have to be financially responsible. Who are your CPAs? Who's gonna? You have to pay taxes on this money. You you get a a Bentley deal, uh, that's not for free. <laughs> no. You know that's you gonna have to pay some some taxes on that. You know so setting yourself up for a success. And what we've done, um, uh, at Tennessee State, uh, I I uh, structured a deal with the uh, Nashville uh, Entrepreneur Center where if some of our athletes have an aspiration to build a business or if they have an idea to take it from paper to nuts and bolts, okay? And as an example for that, there's a particular player who came in this year who had a passion for candles, loves making candles. I love candles. I mean, it sets the mood, right? And it smells great, you know? Uh, just really, it does set the mood. It, it You're does right. set the yes. mood. smells great. You feel like, okay, we're in a really clean place. But he loves making candles. I said, Oh, that's cool. So you have a business. He says, Uh yeah, I do. I said, Well, send me some of your uh your stuff, you know? And I he sent it to me, fell in love with it. I said, Well, hmm, how can we help him make this a business? It's an opportunity. Long story short, there's a a flight program that the entrepreneurship center sets up where it's I think it's over uh ten weeks, eight weeks, uh something like that where the kid can come in, bring his business model, uh, and grow it. So now he is going to uh, make candles, I guess, for Butch Bearden and this convention, sell it to the people for a price, and he's going to recoup that money. So now he has a chance to build a business. So instead of just saying, hey, you know, here's a hat deal, and, you know, you just here's the X amount of dollars that you're going to have, um and go off and be married. No, I'm te- I want them to be owners of your stuff, owners of your brand. And it's cool to have that as a revenue stream. Don't get me wrong, but there are other ways to do it, and I think there's an opportunity to teach these young men about the le- about the world they they want to be in and that they're going to probably embark on, that being professional sports or whatever that is.
1: He's a renaissance man, Eddie George. Uh, golf is the website. Coming up, I'll uh, explain and give more details on who you can meet at this golf tournament and uh, all the benefits that come through playing in this tournament that's coming up July 31st on a Sunday and August 1st on that Monday. Eddie, uh, good to see you again, man, man. You always have a chair here. Uh, we can put a candle in the talk. background. I have Any- to
3: leave. You know what? I got that. That's, that'd be great. I would love. Do it. Send it. Have him send you some candles and just let me know what you think. Let's do it. I mean, we'll we burn need, a candle for the entire show. We need right to.
0: here. We'll set the mood. Set yeah. the mood. You already got, to the, set you got the, the mood.
3: moonshine. You got the you got the bourbon. You got the beer. We have it all. You have it all, man. We need a cigar hey. and a
1: candle. And good. Can- <laughs> <Nice set. laughs> Thanks,
3: Eddie. Good to see. Man, you. Man, I love the guys. I miss I miss being in these chairs, man. I miss it. So That's a great. great
1: that you bring the energy, man. We yes. always we love having you on, Eddie George. Welcome anytime. Details next
0: Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.
1: Our thanks to the great Eddie George for being in the studio. The annual Celebrity Golf Classic is coming up. Uh, We've got the details on the screen for you. Uh, July 31st and August 1st. I'm going to give the details for our radio partners as well. EddieGeorge.golf is the website to go visit. Chad, you tell me. Already confirmed who your favorite name is on this list that will be on the course at Old Hickory Golf, Cor- Old Hickory Golf Club Let me um, hear coming it. up at the end of July. Marcus Allen, Lawrence Taylor, Eric Dickerson, Bruce Smith, Ray Lewis, Ed Reed, Tory Holt, Sterling Sharp, Jerome Bettis, Archie Griffin, Clyde Simmons, Jeff Fisher, Donovan McNabb, Javon Kurse, Tim Brown, Seth Joyner, Jimmy Jackson, and Al Smith. Um, those are already confirmed, and he's already teased a man by Reggie, uh, by the name of Reggie, who uh, Reggie will,
0: Jackson. Well, likely
1: <laughs> will likely be well. I'll, I didn't have time to ask him this on the way out. Was he talking about Mister October or Mister November and Derek Jeter? He was talking about, I believe, Mister October. <laughs>
0: but uh, one of those. That's two names, a great one. No, so uh, um, let me g- let me give you my d- answer. Yes. to who I'm most looking forward to, which that's a great list: Lawrence Taylor, yeah, Ed Reed. Reggie Jackson, who he teased, I think those are you three play round golf with any of those guys. Who do you choose? Lawrence Taylor, Reggie I, Jackson's pretty close too.
1: I mean, that that's yeah. some
0: great names on that list. There's
1: no wrong answers. Marcus Allen and um, and Eric Dickerson are, would have some great stories. Yeah,
0: Marcus Allen would be great.
1: Uh, yeah, and, and Eddie, by the way, Eddie's a lot of fun to play around of golf with. Well, he was so. talking
0: about the Shakespearean, you know, part where he's acted in that. I was going to ask him if you watched the Lakers series because Paul Westhead used Shakespearean quotes in that show, too. So he would love it when and he was he talking was to his team.
1: Once Othello. Yes. Um, never played Macbeth, but a dream of his, I'm sure. <laughs> Coming up, uh, a man who's also quoting Shakespeare is Brent Hubbs of allquest.com. He's an on outkick 360.